You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. You know, I was I was thinking about like, oh, I, I was hearing like the voices of like people like condemning about, oh, you, you're in church and you're wearing costumes. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, you know, it is Halloween. We're all wearing costumes. But you know what? I feel like we're a church that we pop cherries. And in the fact that we don't allow religiosity to take over, but we love people where they're at. And, you know, yes, we're today wearing costumes, and many Christians believe this is the devil's holiday, and we should not celebrate. Um, but you know what? I hope one day, I hope several days, that we have people that walk in this church that are wearing 666, that are having the upside-down cross, that, that are having, like, the Star of David come into this place. And this is going to be a place where we say we don't care what you dress up like because we just care about you as a person and so um you know i'm sorry to hear people like might judge or say things but you know what this is a church we don't care we love people where they're at so let's pray the legacy of love father god thank you so much for your goodness thank you for your unconditional love I pray, Lord, that you speak to me and that this word will be a word, that people will receive the love of God. I thank you so much for your goodness and for your kindness, and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, when I was in high school... um, I, when I got, when I first really dedicated my life to Christ at the age of 16, I had this radical experience with the Lord, and I was so on fire for God, I had to tell everyone about who Jesus was, and one of my girlfriends, she um, is Hindu, and I was like, let me tell you about Jesus, let me tell you, so luckily, my enthusiasm got her saved, (laughs) and uh, she got saved, and I remember she told me, she was like, she was like, Angela, God is really speaking to me. She would say, she would go out and someone randomly came up to her and then gave her a Jesus loves you card. And then she went to uh, her car like a week or two later and she sees a little sign that says, Jesus loves you. And she said, every time I just kept getting these Jesus loves you card. And she said, I feel like Jesus is telling me he loves me. And I thought, wow, you know, I never knew those flyers worked. (laughs) You know, you just never know. But that was the living proof that it works. And so I I said, yes, of course he loves you. And she's newly saved. So she's just like in awe. Like even the little things where God's showing up in her life, you know, like instantly she gets saved. And all of a sudden she starts receiving these Jesus loves you cards. 
And she's like so in, in awe, like he's real. He does love me. And it was so cute. And I really feel like that God is always speaking to us and always telling us how much he loves us. And sometimes we miss it because maybe we see those flyers and we have, oh, that's cute, and throw it away. I've done it before. <laughs> and But you know what? Maybe that was just a reminder of God really saying, I want to remind you that I do love you. And I thought, wow. So today I want to talk about the legacy of love. Mark 12, 30 through 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is a first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. So I want to talk about my first point, love God. In Proverbs 8, 17, it says, I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. And so when we're, we're in this uh, topic of legacy, leaving, uh, le- having a legacy of love, But first, it starts with loving God. And so how do we start loving God? How do we get to that point? And in order to get to that point, we must get to know him by spending time with him. You know, when we have our personal time with, with God, that's when we begin to fall deeper in love with him. And so I have told this story before that in Bible school, Um, when I went there, I felt so judged. Like, I felt that here I am going to Bible school, and everyone around me were pastors, uh, evangelists, prophets, teachers. Um, They were all, like, pastor's kids. All these people were going to school for ministry. And this was a point, this was a time that I went in and I've never felt so judged in my life. I've always gone to secular schools. So the moment I went to a Bible school and realized shockingly how judgmental people were, I was so shocked and I said, God, is this a reflection of who you are? And um, I didn't, I was in love with the Lord, I was radical, but I didn't really understand that the moment what it meant to spend time with God. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. Like, I was like, I love you. I'm going to church. I'm going to Bible study. I'm doing every church activity. But I did not spend time alone with God. So when I actually went to Bible school, where I felt so judged, I thought, whoa, is this a reflection of you? Because I, I was so radical before. But I didn't really know who Jesus was because my relationship with Christ was with people which it is very important to be with people but the moment I was crying in the lobby of my uh, college dorm and I I remember shutting the door I was crying because I felt like God hated me I said there's no way that I can go to Bible school and everyone's judging me and so I felt at that moment that God hated me and instantly, all of a sudden, I felt the love of God. And the moment I felt the love of God was the moment I said, whoa, 
that's not a reflection of, these people aren't the reflection of you. We all have our stuff. But when we have Jesus and we spend time with him, then we really know this unconditional love that no one can ref reflect as well as God himself. And it took me spending time with him to encounter that. And so um, that's why it's so important to know and spend time alone with God. It is so important because you will have that personal encounter and you'll learn what does it mean to have an unconditional love. It's like a parent who has a child and that child is going crazy. <laughs> and you're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> this child's crazy. But no matter what, you still love that child. And so it's kind of like, when you have that love, but you have that love for your child, but when you actually have a personal encounter with God, the Father, who loves you, wow, it blows you away. You know, um, I've had to learn that love with tofu. <laughs> it was a hard one for me. <laughs> And many times I thought, I don't know what. <laughs> but you know what? Every time I thought about giving him away, <sighs> I just, yeah, I just had this like heartache, like, I can't because I love him. <laughs> no matter how crazy he was, but I love him. And so I felt like, what more of when we have that encounter with God himself. Because our human love, like we say, oh, I want to get rid of you, right? But God never says that or thinks that about us. So yes, we love our children, but sometimes we have negative thoughts. Sometimes I, lo I love my dog, but sometimes I have negative thoughts. But this is called the unconditional love. That God loves you so much, you would never have those thoughts because his love is so pure. But in order to have that kind of encounter, we have to spend time with him. And the moment you spend time with him and you encounter that love of God, wow, it's gonna blow you away. Just feeling how much he loves you, that deep passion, that deep love, that unconditional love that is unexplainable. No human can represent that, even how much we try. That is powerful. So we must first learn to love God by spending time with him. My second point is I want to talk about loving people. In 1 John 4, 7 through 8, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So loving people, learning to have the legacy of loving God, then loving people. The time that I had the encounter and had a realization that people were not a reflection of God's love, was the time I cried out and said, God, 
if I could, if you asked me if I could have one thing, just like you did with Solomon, Sol God asked Solomon what he wanted, and he asked for wisdom. And I said, God, if you ever ask me for one thing, I want to learn to love like you. That's all I care about. The riches, I don't care. The whatever, wisdom, whatever. The only thing I beg to ask you is can I love like you? That's all I wanted because I felt like when people that I thought were supposed to resemble who Christ's love actually hurt me the most was when I said, no, they got it twisted. They got it wrong. I want to resemble the true love of Christ. What does that mean? I said, Lord, I, from that day from college to even to this day on, I pray, Lord, help me to love like you. I'm not even close. But I, that's the only thing I want more than anything is, God, I want to love like you. I want to love like you. And, I, and what does that mean, how to love like you? That means, you know, I grew up in the Christian world, and um, I know what the Bible says, and we do not twist scripture. And I know that a lot of the churches have shunned out homosexuality, and I was raised that, you know, homosexuality is bad. It's, you know, of the devil, and um, some people think it's a demon possessing someone or whatever it is. And, you know, I thought to myself, so I had this negativity towards homosexuality, sexual people. I thought, oh, this, they're not of God, so I want to push them away because they're not like me or whatever. You know, I feel uncomfortable. I wasn't aware of it. And then I thought to myself, if Jesus was here, would he shun people away? And when I, when I prayed this prayer, God, I want to love like you, and I had this negative religious thinking, I thought, no, I want to love everyone. I don't care. You're homosexual. You're an outcast. Of, you're an adult worker. You're a uh, you know, transvestite. You're people that the church would say, I don't accept you. And I thought to myself, no, I want to learn to love like you because there's power and healing in love. When I went to India, um, I remember that our group went, <laughs> we were there, and we always go see the lepers. And this is my first time. And I'm like freaked out. If I go near a leper, I'm scared I'm going to have leprosy, <laughs> right? Because I didn't know, like, I knew nothing about lepers. I thought that they were in the Bible time. I didn't know they still existed to this day. And so here I am. I'm like, we're going where? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like I'm scared out of my mind thinking if I touch these people, I'm going to get leprosy. And so here I see um, the head pastor. We go there as a group, we go, and the first thing she does is hug a leper. And then the leper, that, that, uh, that man and, and the woman, they started crying because people don't touch them. They're an outcast. They're, they're shunned. Stay away from me six feet like we all have COVID again. But this is COVID for life. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is like permanent for life. You're stuck. That's it. 
for the rest of your life. And you're shunned away from society, and you're only hanging out with people that have leprosy. So that's how it is. Can you imagine having that for the rest of your life? And we only had it for just a couple years where everyone was six feet away. But to have that for your life and everyone to look at you in disgust. And the moment she hugged like the leper and they started crying because a normal person hugged them, I saw so much healing. And that convicted me. I said, What's, do I want to love like Christ or do I want to keep putting my hand away? No, I told myself, I want to love people. I want to love people. That's my desire. And, you know, it says, I did research that the human being needs four hugs a day for survival. We need eight hugs a day for maintenance. And we need 12 hugs a day for growth. And so these people that are, have leprosy don't even have that. And it's sad how many of us every day have that even reach the minimum of four. And so it's my heart, and it's our church's heart to go and love people unconditionally, no matter what your background is. I, I believe one day that we're going to have, we've already had people that were into witchcraft come into our church. And they love being a part of our church, and that makes me so proud. Like, this is a church that you're welcomed. I want people from that are satanic to come into this church. I don't care if they're wearing 666. I don't care. Just come in because we're here to love people. I want to see a church filled with people that would never feel the love of God come in and feel and say, this is a church that loves people where they're at. No matter what I'm going through right now, no matter what, uh, how the church would view me, but they just feel welcomed here. That's why I believe it's important to love people. But in order to love people, to get to that place, we have to first know what is, what is it for God to love us so that we can be a reflection of the true love of God, which means that we need to spend time. And then as we have that, we love people, we're able to reflect the reflection of who try, who, what God's true love is. And then lastly, we need to love ourselves. Who, and this one is definitely a hard one for a lot of us, to truly love ourselves. So Mark 12, 31. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than this to love your neighbor as yourself. So this one has been a really big challenge for me, and I know it's been a big challenge for a lot of people. Learning, um, you know, having past traumas, it's hard to uh, learn to love yourself. Um, growing up, feeling like I had to be perfect that's really, really hard. Um, and not only that, but living, feeling like I had to be perfect. And then for some reason, it carried on into my regular world and people had this persona that I was perfect. And so I had this weight of on me that I had to be, per it's hard to feel like you always have to be perfect. Like you, 
never had have a breather. And so with that, I never really learned to, at that time, I didn't know how to love myself. Every time I made a mistake, I, um, I took it really, really, really hard. I remember when I was like, I think in junior high, I got a B. And I was so devastated because I had straight A's. And I told, I, I gave like a, like a, a knife <laughs> to my parents. And, um, and it was just like a butter knife. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I was young. I was like, you know, I was like, I got to be and I'm ready. You know, like, because I thought like I didn't deserve to live because I got like my first B on my report card. But it was really, really bad because I was so hard on myself. I would be, um, I remember this one time I, I like made a mistake and I failed. And then I was so, so angry. I started to grab myself and started hitting myself because I, I was like, I'm, you know, like stupid. Why did you do this? Because I was so angry. I was so hard on myself because I felt like I had to live up this expectation that people expected me to be and it was false and I was like if I don't live up to this then I'm gonna feel people and it was really really difficult so um, I remember the one time I was beating myself like hitting myself at that moment I felt the heart of God and he was so sad he was so sad he didn't care about my failures. He didn't care about my screw-ups. He didn't care about that. All he cared about was me and my well-being. That's all he cared about. Even though I didn't deserve for God to care about me because I screwed up, he was like, let's not worry about that. I care about you. I care about your well-being. I don't care, I get you, you know, we all make faults, we all have failures, we all have mistakes, but he loves you. And at that moment, I said, God, I'm gonna, every time I mess up, I'm just gonna breathe and let it go, and you're gonna give me the strength to get back up, and I'm gonna start again. But I would stay in, before, I would say this big, huge pity party, for long times because I kept beating myself. I'm not perfect. Boom, 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 you know? It's like, and it, you just feel this anger inside. But when I knew I was making my Abba Father sad, he wasn't worried about my mistakes. He was worried about me. He wasn't angry saying, oh, you did this and this and this. That wasn't on his heart and his mind. He was sad because what I was doing to myself. And I thought, wow, this is the love of God. This is how much he loves you. He wants you. And all he wants to do is, yes, he knows we're going to fail. Where He knows we're going to make mistakes. But he's there to walk us through it. And when we fail, he says, all right, let's get back up. I'm ready to pick you up, and we're going to keep going through life. Because... He loves you so much. And so this is, that's when I learned the process and the healing of self-love. When I knew how God really loved me.
how he really cared for me. And when we can do that, when we have that encounter, we can have that reflection by loving people and loving ourselves. And when we do that, we can begin to live a legacy of love. And so right, right now, I don't know if anyone here, well, first, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and you want to know what that means, what does that mean to have that encounter of God? It's a love that is unexplainable. He doesn't judge you. He knows all our faults and failures. But you know what? He cares for you and loves you. And that's all he wants. So if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, let's have every eyes closed, every head bowed. And just repeat after me. Father God, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I accept you into my heart. Thank you for your unconditional love. And I declare heaven is my home and God is my father. In Jesus' name. And if anyone here has not encountered the love of God, because it starts with really knowing that Jesus loves you. Still every eyes closed, every head out and you're like I need that encounter because when you have that encounter healing begins to take place it's the love of God that begins to bring healing if you're here and you're like I, I want to have that I want to encounter the love of God I want to know what that's like Every just raise your hand if you're ready, if you're like, I want that encounter. I want to know what that love feels. I've never felt it, or I want a deeper love. I want to pray for every person in here. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this room. We invite you into our to every person that's watching online. Holy Spirit. Right now, just a fresh, fresh touch of God. A fresh touch of God. That we'll begin to feel the love, unconditional love, not this human love, but the real love of God that loves us. Help us to fall deeper in love with you. Give us a desire to seek you, to have a hunger for you, to want more of you, to say, I don't need anything but you. That's all I need because I know that when I'm in the presence, when I'm in the love, healing begins to take place. So a fresh touch, a fresh anointing, over everyone here. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. 
Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.